What Else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. One-on-one conversations with some of your favorite artists. Find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker.com. What Else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. At Sif Pop. We're your movie friends. And our friends really friends if you don't know them. So grab a popcorn. And head over to our row. So we can chat movies. Like friends do. There's always room for more movie friends. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the writer's room. Hello and welcome to Sip Pop Writer's Room. I'm your host, Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And today uh, I'm joined by Sip Pop writer Frank. Writer. But yeah. Writer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so normally Joe would be on these weeks. Uh, and um, R.I.P. Joe. We will have to. Um, respectfully miss joe this week uh just with uh schedules just couldn't quite make it work because of uh him being a new dad and you know what like it just kind of comes with life circumstances uh so no uh no pro- no problems no worries joe if you're listening uh i love you and can't wait to have you back on but um you know it's uh it's fine kids life, come first. life happens kids come first absolutely so family comes first um you know, especially since like we're not really we're not paid to do this podcast, so um, kids definitely come first, um, and family comes first. So, uh, but that's fine. I got Frank stepping in here um, to talk for a little bit. Um, we write for Sif Pop. We do movie reviews, best ever challenges, and other interesting movie related articles. Even though Frank, you know, puts air quotes and makes fun of himself, but you know, he wrote he wrote a review this last month. He put his Clifford the Big Red Dog review up in there. Hey, and I reviewed the 4K Uncut Gems re-release. That's true. And actually, look, I really loved that article. I thought it was great. I can't wait for, like, more uh, of that kind of stuff. Um, and a couple days later, we had the uh, John wrote, uh, like, a Possessor 4K re-release. But that was more so like a, here's an old movie that's been released. And you, you know, you went into, like, the bonus features and, you know, the, the quality of the film. Uh, I, I thought it was great. I love so. that movie. <laughs> Highly uh... recommend the Criterion release. Didn't love the movie, but I'll I'll get around to it at some point. And look, if I like it, then maybe eventually I'll get the Criterion release. But I remember hating it. Um, but you can see how some people would love it. I can understand how people can love it. Um, but it's not the fact that it's just a giant ball of intensity that uh, that makes me not like it. Because that's the thing I think it has going the best for it. It's, it's everything else. <laughs> um, so... Um. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Uncut Gems this week. Uh, anyway, you can check out all that stuff at SifPop.com, so make sure you check out over there. Uh, but on the show today, uh, tonight really, uh, well I guess today, this is after midnight, so... <laughs> after dark. After SifPop after dark, SifPop Writers Room after dark this week. Uh, uh, we'll talk about a coming attraction, three of them this week coming out. Uh, we got West Side Story being the Ricardos and... West Don't Side. Up. West Side, of course. Uh, <laughs> We'll give our thoughts on those that are coming out this week. And then because we're getting ready to have Spider-Man come out released very soon, um, and there seems to be a lot, and Joe and I have been working through the MCU, uh, it's finally time to talk about Phase 4 stuff. I promise we will get you Joe's thoughts here soon. Um, maybe the next time he's on, I'll have him give a uh, uh, give like a, a recap of what he's thought so far. Or honestly, I might just have him record something and release it kind of as a, as a bonus thing. Um so that would be just have him leave you a voicemail. 
Yeah, we'll see. Um, <laughs> we'll see about getting that done um, to make sure that uh, that Joe can uh, can express his thoughts on the phase four so far. Some really interesting stuff coming up, uh, or that we have to talk about not coming up. Stuff's already out, but also stuff that's coming up. Uh, we'll do a B plot, which is just uh, I think I've done this with Frank, but or with uh, Joe, but Frank, since you're on, I thought this would be fun to kind of. What are some realistic Marvel properties that you hope to see in phase four or five? Uh, whether it's a specific character or a specific arc or something like that, um, or specific group, whatever you have, whatever have you, specific, you know, storyline, um, and uh, uh, then we'll wrap up with a spinoff. Uh, but first, let's get a chance to know our writer this week. Frank's been on a couple times, and uh, so we're gonna have you do the um, the list of shame game, which we did. So, um, Frank, you've you've come prepared with uh, three films, and one of them yes, you I haven't have. seen. Uh, which means it is my job to try to um, guess which one I believe you have not seen. So what are your options? All right. In no particular order, except alphabetical, I got Braveheart, hmm. Dan- Dances with Wolves, and Gladiator. Wow. Braveheart, Dances with Wolves, and Gladiator. Lots of 90s, big blockbuster. Um, yeah. Gosh. I uh, see. I knew by having movies so in that same frame make it a little more difficult. I was going for like '90s Oscars. '90s Oscars that also works. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and guess Dancing with Wolves for the reasoning that I think Braveheart is just too big of a movie, and I think that there's no way you haven't seen Gladiator. But Dancing with Wolves is a really long you know, Kevin Costner movie. There's not much exciting about the idea of watching that one. Although, from my from what I recall, it's a great movie. Am I right? Final answer? Final answer. Dances with Wolves, I have seen. Oh, okay. Dances with Wolves, you have seen. I have not seen the extended cut from Costner because the sketch goes long enough. Okay. So, then, uh, what what is the one that you haven't seen on that list? I'm. I'm at. This is. I am really shameful. I have not seen Gladiator. Wow. Okay. And I have bought that movie on DVD. Didn't get around to it. Bought it on Blu-ray. Did not get around to it. Then had a 4K sale on Voodoo. Still haven't watched it. Oof. I. I just. I can't bring myself to watch. I don't know why. It's. I really love it. Um. Yeah. <laughs> um. See, but I'm going to give you a free bonus list of Shane movie. I almost listed it because it kind of ties in, but I have not seen Schindler's List either. Well, they're both Ridley Scott movies. No, sorry, that's not Steven Spielberg. So nope. I'm getting confused because last week for the BEC we did Ridley Scott movies. And I guess kind of spoiler ah. because this is coming out before the BEC this week, but we're doing Steven Spielberg movies. So um, ah. definitely not Rid- Ridley Scott movie. <laughs> Funny enough, I bought that movie on DVD in college, and someone stole it from me, which, of all the movies I own, I find it weird that someone like, oh, Schindler's List, I gotta steal that movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, what a weird choice. Yeah, like, of everything I had at that time, they chose that, so. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm may- maybe they're just working through some things, I hope. Maybe. Um, it's, it's quite possible. Um... I'm trying to finalize my uh, my one here. Uh, I just got to find my last piece of the puzzle here. What's 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 going to be 
my my wild card. Oh, let's go with this. Okay. This is a good one. All right. Um, I went with movies that you have seen, according to Letterboxd. Oh, okay. Which I know is not necessarily comprehensive, so... Um, no, I am... I have asked that thing. I Every year, my New Year's resolution is to every movie letterbox and i i don't <laughs> so um so these are three movies that you have seen one of all these right. i have not all right um so <clears throat> we're going to start off with the founder uh, the michael oh. keaton mcdonald's one all right we'll also add punisher warzone okay. so specifically the was like ray stevenson one yeah yeah uh, and of course, since you're on the show, gotta mention what's eating Gilbert Grape. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna workshop this one here. Okay. All right. So, what was your first choice again? The Founder. The Founder. I love that movie. Doesn't really seem part... like a Frank movie, but oh, I love that movie, and it is one of that movie would be one of my number one examples of a movie that tells a story. That would have made for a better movie than the one we saw. Hmm. Like you remember the scene where they're in there and they're eating and they're talking about the the very first one. I'm not going to answer that because that would give away whether I've seen it or not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're on to my games. Okay, <laughs> I don't know why you would include Punisher on a list of shame because that movie is. Uh... Well, here's why. I love the Thomas Jane Punisher movie. I think it's excellent. Oh, me too. Um, it's, it's, it's definitely a product of its time, but I think it's great. So I, I don't, I don't necessarily know that it, I don't think that the reviews so, necessarily warrant a list of shame one, but I am a very big Punisher fan. Okay. So I can see why and you're the only person that I know that had given this a relatively decent review, but you really loved it. So it's a, you know, it'd be a list of shame. It would be something I should watch. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's see. I got to go with what's eating Gilbert Grape. Yeah. What's your what's your reasoning? I don't, I don't think you saw that. What's your reasoning? I there's a reason why I picked that movie, and it is like for me, like how I like tweet about it. I don't give a shit about the movie. I don't <laughs> like. I picked that movie because it just had a weird, complicated title. Has Johnny Depp and Leonardo DiCaprio giving a performance he would not dare give today. So it would be problematic for anyone to make YouTube videos about, really. And I just went, they're never going to do this movie, so I'm going to pretend like I really want them to do this movie. And that's... Yep. I gotta um, go with that. I don't think well, you saw it. Well, you would be right. Um, I've not seen... <laughs> um, I did see Punisher Warzone because the reviews were so bad. I was like, this can't be that bad, right? And it kind of is um it's not great but it's not as bad as everybody says it's 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 it, a to- it's a totally l- mediocre action movie that movie came out because it tried to deliver on what everyone was saying the first one or the thomas jane one lacked mm-hmm. and i disagree because like one argument that people always said was oh we finally got a rated r punisher jane was his was rated r it's but true. they went for a more film noir kind of feel aesthetic to it, and like I don't, that felt like a film. Warzone was just that, just action, action, action. Just look, it's and- a good. It it is a good movie to kind of just like. Right, it's good in the sense of you can just throw it on if you don't care. It's yeah, like it'll be a good double feature with Max Payne. Mm, I don't know why anybody would watch that Max Payne movie. <laughs> 
They just added it to HBO Max, so I might give it a revisit. Nah, I tried like two or three times when it came out because I really <sighs> wanted to like it because, mm. you know, I I never played the games, but there's such a, like, you know, uh, legacy oh, of the games. Uh, yeah. So now that they're backwards compatible, I'm going to get around to them soon. Uh, Wait, they are? Oh, yeah. yeah they just made backwards, backwards compatible. compatible. And, uh, man, I, I, I think that Rockstar's got a remaster in the work of the trilogy or at least the HD port. I think they got to be working on that. They make yeah. so much money. But yeah, um, in the founder, they have that little diner scene where they talk about the very first McDonald's yeah. and how like at one point they had to like tear down piece by piece to move it. Mm-hmm. That whole story about the very first one would have made for a better movie than the founder. Well, uh, <sighs> I just spotted a prequel idea. Let's go. Let's turn the founder into a franchise. Everything is yep. a franchise these days. <laughs> I threw the founder on there. Cause that's not really a movie that, you know, that necessarily like is anybody's type, um, unless you're the Oscar Beatty type. And uh, um, I think it was early enough that I probably wasn't a big Oscar person. You know, I but definitely it, wasn't the watch every movie kind of person. It would have been a prime movie to win Best Picture, and then no one ever watch it again because that's the pattern with a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the King Speech, Mank, Mank. <laughs> Wait, well, did Mank, Mank win? win? No, no, Madland won, but no, Madland would count. Uh, same thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, Green Book. Um, so, um, yeah, no, the founders are really great. Movie. I love it. Yeah. Um, so, um, well, it was fun. You were right. I was wrong. That sounds about fair. Um, Hey, you sound like my wife. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Frank, you're not going to believe this, but the random question that I have for you, I, I kid you not. I went to my random generator and I got, um, this question that says, do you prefer wine or beer? Why? Uh, wine or beer? Kind of neither. Like, wine, like, I, I don't know, like, I'm, I'm, I may be a bit of an alcoholic, but it's like, I want to get drunk, I don't want to taste the alcohol, give me like a hard apple. Does hard apple count as beer? Like the Mike, Mike a Mike's yeah. hard, or? Yeah. You know what? So I gotta switch it to wine, because like I, I like a good sweet wine that doesn't taste like wine. Give me grape yeah. juice. That's fair. Um... Yeah, look, I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of sweet wine. I really like Riesling is my favorite type of wine. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with beer on this one. And it's just because since I live in Iowa, um, people don't really have anything to do. So they farm and they make alcohol. Um, so there's a ton of a ton of local breweries around me. And uh, look, when you have so much of a sample size, uh, you know, all, to me – all types of wine taste the same. Now, like a Riesling is different than a Moscato is different than a Burgundy is different than a, um, you know, um, uh, Zinfandel or whatever that Z one is. Yeah, uh, like when you say wine, but, but like a, a but whatever Riesling range. is the same as a Riesling is the same as another Riesling to me. Um, but you know, a a fruited a, a raspberry fruited sour beer is very different than another brewery's raspberry fruited sour beer. Uh, which sour beer is my preference. Uh, now, like, because so. wine, that includes a lot of different kinds of drinks. So if I prefer, like, wine versus carbonated bottled alcohol, carbonated bottled alcohol by choice. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, there you have it. There you have it. But I'm, I'm with Frank. Um, I've actually, look, I've actually, I think I'm old now. Um, my choice of drink for the last, like, month has been gin. So I think I'm old. Yeah. You got the aviation train, don't you? No, aviation was the first bottle I bought, but I kind of thought it was okay. Um, Mm. And I was really only putting it in cocktails that had a lot of other things. So I um, just bought a bottle of Paramount 
gin and that tasted like suntan lotion so i poured it down the drain um it was like five bucks <laughs> um uh no then i then i just decided look i feel like you just gotta buy like a nice bottle and if you buy up a nice bottle and you still don't like it then fine gin's not for me so i bottled a bottle of uh ten Cree number 10 which is distilled in small batch with fresh citrus and uh that is great uh big fan of the botanist as well uh, so, ten Cree goes down smooth sponsor us <laughs> I would not be mad at that. Not at all. Uh, everybody start tweeting at them, please. Um, give me some free gin. Would, uh, would not be mad at that at all. Uh, or the botanist. You know, like I said, I like the botanist a lot. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, so that's, that's apparently me being old. Um, I'm losing my hair and I'm drinking gin, so I'm old. You're not losing your hair. It's just shifting from the top to the chin. No, I'm definitely, look, I'm, look, I'm, lo- it's going, come well, on. Well, yeah, it's shifting from down there to up in the front. Uh, no, <laughs> nope, I wish I could say that. That's not the case, though. Um, well, there you go. Of course, it had to be that question for Heaven Frank on the show. I promise I didn't rig that. It's just kind of how it came up. But uh, either way, um, you know, uh, we got three movies to talk about for the coming attraction. Uh, Frank, which one do you want to start with? We got West Side Story being the Ricardos and Don't Look Up. Don't look up. All right, we'll start with that one. Um, this is going to be a Netflix release, so it's coming out in limited theaters uh, this Friday, um, but it'll be on Netflix on the twenty fourth, so um, December twenty fourth. So don't don't expect it to be on Netflix this week, but you can catch it in limited uh, smaller theaters, whichever one plays your Netflix ones, like Irishman and Mank and whatever. They'll have Don't Look Up coming out um, this week, and uh, it'll be hitting. Netflix on uh, December 24th. So, um, let's see. This is the new Adam McKay movie um, that has... I've been digging his streak of movies where it's serious, but just has that right amount of comedy to it. And I, okay. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of end of the world type movies and like I want to see his take on it. That's it. So, yeah. So, this is Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence. Um, let's see. Who else? Uh... Uh, Melanie Linsky, she was the crazy ex-girlfriend from Charlie Sheen in Two and a Half Men. Um, uh, like Rose, I think. Um, yeah, I got a crush uh, on her. <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence, uh, Kate Blanchett, Meryl Streep, Ron Perlman, Jonah Hill, Ariana Grande, Mark Rylance, uh, Michael Chiklis, Tyler Perry, Hamish Patel from uh, yesterday, um, Kid Cudi, apparently. Uh, and Rob Morgan, who's way down here, but is pretty high top billing. So I just have a, nope. a bigger no one. Pete Davidson. Uh, look, I'm sure that there is. Um, there's just like that's the main cast of uh, uh, Pete Davidson. And, he just pops up everywhere randomly. Yeah, and Adam McKay seems like the kind of guy that would just throw in a Pete Davidson. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, written directed by Adam McKay, story by David Sirota. Um, who has also worked on the ni- the 80s, the decade that made us, the 90s, the greatest. The Goldbergs, he's got a thanks. That's not really count. So uh, <laughs> really, actually, all that stuff was, he appeared as self-writer and journalist. So this is story by, so my guess is this based off of some article um, that he published, I guess. I don't know. Um, we'll see. So uh, don't look up, Frank. You, you kind of gave a little bit of a thought, but kind of on your anticipation scale. So let's imagine, you know, COVID's not a thing. Let's imagine that you don't have to work for a week or whatever. Um, wouldn't that be great? Um, let's imagine that, uh, you know, budget's not an issue. The only thing that's stopping you from seeing this movie is your own interest and free will. 
how soon would you be checking this out? Would you go opening weekend? Would you wait for a matinee? Would you wait till you can rent it at home? Wait till it's on streaming service you already pay for, or are you just not interested in seeing it? Well, considering the time of year that it's getting released, I would say it would probably have been a see it in theaters with my best friend, Nick Minio. I only see him like once a year around Christmas time. We hang out. We always catch a movie. This would have been our movie this year. Okay. So like opening weekend with Nick. Yep. All right. Uh, Frank, I'm not that high on this movie. Um, looking looking at it. Um, uh, I'm going to go ahead and land and rent at home. Um, now, because it's an going to be a big awards contender. Actually, I probably can wait until it's on Netflix. Um so here's the thing. Um, I really liked The Big Short, but I haven't seen it since it came out. I'm, I'm really due for a rewatch of that, and I have no interest in seeing Vice. Oh, Vice um, is so good, <laughs> and it has the best after credit scene of any movie that you will ever see. Even better than Zombieland 2? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I just, I don't know, I just never really had an interest in seeing Vice, and so, like, I... I I like Adam McKay. I like um, uh, I re- you know he did Anchorman, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, he did uh, Step Brothers, which is not as good, but it's still respectable. Uh, that's right. I just made that that statement. Uh, Frank's mad that I made that statement. That fact. Mm-hmm. Um, just uh, wait till next time I'm at your house and I see your drum set. <laughs> my drum set's not at my house. I keep it at the church. Um, I'll do it there. I don't care. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> My, uh, and look, I said, I really like the big short. Um, I don't know. I just look, this movie looks like it has a little bit more of interest to me than vice. Um, and, and specifically there's one scene that keeps me about into rent instead of stream. And I kind of hope if I kind of hope that this movie goes this whole tone, there's a scene in the trailer where Ron Perlman is standing in his front yard in a bathrobe, shooting a handgun at this meteor, saying, stay off my property. And, like, that's the kind of movie that I want here. I want this. Yeah, I don't. This looks like it's going to be a, a blend of serious and uh, and not. Uh, but I'm, I, I would want the, you know, the, the silly, ridiculous. And it looks like this is leaning more that way than uh, than the big short or Vice doing this. This looks this. This looks a lot more of a, like a hybrid. Uh, between Anchorman and uh, uh, and something like Vice, um, uh, and so what, look, what do I gotta do to get you to see Vice? <sighs> I really don't know at this point, honestly. Like, first of all, it's definitely not gonna be anytime soon because I've got like forty movies to watch that came out in twenty twenty one. Here's I a sad thing: see. like, I'm I'm trying to get you to watch Vice now, and I'm thinking about it, I'm like I downloaded a bootleg uh, screener of it. I watched that. I bought it on physical Blu-ray, and it's still over there on the shelf, shrink-wrapped. So, uh, it's a good one-time watch, is what I may be saying. I mean, it looks like but, it's on Hulu, and I have Hulu, so. Look, it's just go. it's not going to be until after award season's done. Um, yeah, honestly, the best, movies, guys. The, the best way you could have convinced me to watch this would have been, at the start of the pandemic, be like, you have nothing better to do. And I'd have been like, fine, you know what, I'll, I'll put it on. Um, but, yeah, I just... I w- Alright, here's the thing about Vice. Margot Robbie does do full frontal in that movie. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> um, I, I like how your your video has froze with you like, okay, caught up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Frank, that's really not going to be a draw to, to get me to see movies anymore, you know? <laughs> Good, because that was a bold-faced lie. I mean, like, I, I, I thought it was. <laughs> but, like, look, I just... That's not really a selling point for movies for me anymore because I'm not a teenager. Um, you know, you'd have told me that 10 years ago. Well, first of all, I wouldn't have known who Margot Robbie was 10 years ago. But, you know, if you'd have told me that in high school, but like, all right, let's go. But now it's just not really a well, selling point well, for me anymore. So, um, <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, look, I just... I, I don't know. I don't. I'm not necessarily interested in this movie. Um, in in if in, but it looks like it's got that vibe. That like I want this. This what I want this movie to be. And if it is, I'm gonna wind up really loving this movie. So part of me is I kind of want to tamper my expectations a bit. I want this movie to be like um, if Armageddon was written and directed by Taika Waititi. That's kind of what I want it to be. Like. You know, you got your okay. coming to Earth, but I want your everybody is stupid and makes dumb choices, and you know we we get to laugh at them and you know have a good time. If if that's what this is, then I'm gonna be all in. I just it looks like it's trying to be both serious and then have a couple, and then and then anybody besides Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence is funny. Um, this this almost looks you know like a tone of like the Truman Show or something like that, and I'm not really interested in that. That's that's fair. Um, I hope you're wrong, but <laughs> look, I I hope I'm wrong too because I want every movie to be great. If every movie was great, then that'd be awesome, right? If there was a good Last Airbender movie, if there was uh, everything is awesome, everything is awesome. That's right. Um, you know, if there was more than three, you know, well, actually, that's a lie. Let's say I like most of the Terminator. If there was more than like four good Fast and Furious movies, you know, if all of them were as good as they should be, um. Frank, we talked about these. <laughs> um, we talked about them extensively. So, um, yeah, it's just this is just one of those movies that it's probably just not meant for me. Um, but but maybe it actually is. But just with my understanding is that Vice is a little bit more serious than The Big Short, um, and you know Adam McKay kind of maybe goes a little bit too overboard sometimes. Like he's it's very cl- clearly a biased point of view and he's kind of unapologetic about it and to the point that it's pretty distracting for most of the movie that's my understanding hmm. i mean you've seen the movie is that accurate i don't think so okay that's what that's fine look look especially if i really like don't look up i'm probably gonna go back and see black and ice again and i'm and i definitely need to rock we rush the big short because i remember really liking that one and i thought it played the tone comedy and drama balances really well and um you know it Definitely, here's Margot Robbie explaining it in a bathtub. Definitely effective. Um, you know, uh, mostly because of the writing. But, you know, whatever. Um, all right. I'm out of stuff to talk about. Don't look up. Are you? All right. Yeah, me too. All right. So we'll go ahead and move on to Being the Ricardos. Uh, this reason being, um, this is also a streaming original movie. So this is also having a limited release this week. Um, it'll, this will hit select theaters, uh, this Friday, December 10th, and this will be hitting Amazon prime instant video, um, free prime video on the 21st. So, uh, wait a couple weeks. You can check it out on prime. Um, or if you have one of the theaters that'll be playing it, you can check it out this Friday. We're going to go ahead and talk about it now before, I mean, I think reviews are already out. Um, I've kind of gotten to the point where I don't really see a lot of early reviews, um, which is kind of nice, but at the same time, like I don't. I used to be a guy that like Richard Roper was always my guy growing up, um, and now I'm just kind of the guy that it's like you know I trust the Sif Pop writers uh, on whether or not I'm going to enjoy something. 
Um, not, you know, I don't, I don't really care what, you know, Richard Roper has to say about anything anymore. Um, and no, no disrespect to him. It's just, you know, I, I, I know my audience I, and I know how I'm going to enjoy a movie. And so, you know, um, I'm going to look at my Sif Pop writers and be able to judge based off of that. I so. Personally, I don't trust any reviewer. It's not that I don't trust them. It's just I'm at the point where it's like, you know what? Let me just see what I think. Yeah, that's fair. But uh, anyway, so I don't know if reviews are out for this or not. But either way, we're going to get ahead to it. Um, yeah. The uh, This is probably most known. This is the new Aaron Sorkin movie. Uh, which is, is really weird, actually, uh, because he came just came out with Trial of Chicago Seven last year, um, which it feels Should've like best picture. It feels a lot older than one year, but it's just one year. It, it's been a long year, man. And well, and but Sorkin also just like he's typically a couple year between the movie kind of guy. Um, I don't know if COVID expedited the screenplay or if he's got enough clout and since he's directing some of his own movies that like he's able to get them get working on them faster. I, I don't know what the answer is, but uh, um, that was kind of, that's kind of a shock um, that he's coming out with one, you know, uh, 13 months after, after one. So um, this also of course stars Nicole Kidman uh, as Lucio Ball and uh, Javier Bardem as uh, Desi Arnaz. We also got uh, Nina Arianda, um, JK Simmons, um, uh, Alia Sh- Shawkat, who that's the, um, she plays maybe in Arrested Development. Um, Tony Hale, also of Arrested Development. Um, Clark Gregg, you know, we got our, uh, agent Phil Coulson from the Avengers. Uh, Nelson Franklin, who's a face you might recognize. Uh, and of course, written and directed by Aaron Sorkin. That's, uh, that's what we got going on here. The story is, uh, this follows Lucy and Desi as they face a crisis that could end their careers and another that could end their marriage. Um, Frank being the Ricardos, same, same caveats, all that. Nothing's keeping you there. Nothing's keeping you away except for your free will. When are you going to catch this movie opening weekend? Wait for a matinee. Wait till you can rent it at home. Wait till it's on a streaming service you already pay for. Or are you just not interested in seeing being the Ricardos? Wait for a streamer, borderline, not interested. Wow. All right. Uh, We're we're going to be opposites. Like when I was a kid, I used to watch, I love Lucy a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. I know Lucio Ball has done a lot of things for television and Star Trek. I just don't care. Okay. Um, we're going to be on the complete opposite end of the spectrum. I am probably bordering into opening weekend um, on the on the border of opening weekend and matinee. Um, Frank, this really all has to do with one thing. Two things, really. Aaron Sorkin. Um He's, he's incredible. I'll watch anything he does. But the other thing is Nicole Kidman um, and Javier Bardem um, as these two people, specifically Nicole Kidman, if I had to single out one, looks yeah. terrific. Um, I don't have I, – I didn't grow up watching I Love Lucy, um, so, but I know it was really prominent um, you know, back in the yeah. day, and it was very prominent in like, my parents' age. and Even like reruns, like it was still popular in the 90s yeah. when I grew up. So, um, well, I mean, don't – I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm still going to watch it this weekend on Prime. No, no, like, no, no. 20, 21st on Prime. 21st on Prime? 21st right. on Prime this weekend in select theaters. Yeah. I w- yeah. Nothing will get me to see it in theaters, but I will watch it as soon as it is on streaming. Yeah. But, yeah. But, man, like I said, it's just it's Sorkin. I'll watch anything he does, you know? Now, all right, to circle back to how it got made so quickly, though, I think a lot of it has to do with Chicago or yeah, Chicago seven mm-hmm. because he actually wrote the, it was the movie originally got announced in 2015. Okay. And Amazon acquired the rights to it in 2017. Okay. 
So I'm pretty sure once Chicago 7 was getting, you know, all the buzz that it got, Amazon just fast-tracked it. So they already had it. They had the rights. They had him. Well, and it sounds like this was also filmed during COVID, and it sounds like he stepped in as director, which probably would have been the case anyway, since he's directed his last two that he's written, Molly's Game and uh, Trial of Chicago 7. But, you know, it also sounded like, hey, it's one less person we can have on set. It's a little bit faster of a process that we can, you know, get working on this movie and get going. Um, So, yeah, Sorkin is immediately going to get me at least into the matinee. At this point. Um, but there, yeah, Nicole Kidman just looks really special in this. Um, Javier Bedem looks great as well. Um, really, I mean, from the based off the trailer, like everybody looks fantastic. Uh, J.K. Simmons um, looked great as well. Um, this, uh, it, so there, there's the other element that like the I Love Lucy era is not an era I'm very familiar with um, on the camera or off the camera. Um, so th- it's, I don't, I, I'm, my understanding is this is supposed to be a biopic, kind of. Like, this is supposed to be based off of real events. This isn't, like, a alternate history, like a Quentin Tarantino anything. Um, so, like, I'm sure this is going to be a little bit skewed from what history actually is, because it often is. But I'm always interested in learning about things that I have no history in, in knowledge in. So, this counts as that. I, I just really can't wait for the moment when... They're in the middle of filming and they just stop and Lucy just stands up and just starts reading off the list of everyone that died while they were filming. <laughs> it's going to be epic. And there's going to be the slow clap. And yeah, hoorah. But, but right, for, right before that, we're going to have a really, really, really bad fade to black transition uh, after yeah. a really powerful moment. So, yep. Um. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like I said, I, I, I haven't, now I haven't seen, uh, the American president. Uh, I haven't seen, um, actually the West wing is on my list of shame. Um, and I haven't seen, I know I want, I'm going to watch it very soon. Um, and I haven't seen, um, uh, uh, Charlie Wilson's war was one he did. And there was another one, there was another one around the time of American president, uh, um, that he did that I also haven't seen, but, um, you know, I've seen, I think everything since a few good men, except for Charlie Wilson's war. And it's all great. Um, you know, and it's probably sacrilege to say this, but I think trial of Chicago seven is his best work. Um, but, um, I love, love, love that movie. Um, Someone I think haven't seen, seen Steve jobs. Oh, Steve jobs also haven't seen. So, yep. Uh, it's on my list though. I'm pretty sure I own right. it. I just haven't seen it. Um, and I definitely love Molly games more, Molly's Game more than most people. And I really love A Few Good Men, but it's, you know, it's got such a reputation at this point. I just didn't quite, li- it just didn't quite live up to that for me. But, uh, but yeah, um, you put Sorkin's name on it and I'm, I'm already down. Oh, and Newsroom is one of the best shows of all time. So there's also that. I mean, you're the one that told I, me to watch it. Yeah, no, it's really good. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um... All right, so then we'll we're left with the only, the one of these that is is actually a wide release this week. Um, the big release this week is West Side Story, uh, an adaptation of the 1957 musical West Side Story. Explores the forbidden love and rivalry between the Jets and the Sharks, two teenage street gangs of different ethnic backgrounds. This is directed by Tony Spielberg and starring a bunch of people that I don't wait, personally wait. know. Wait, what? Wait, hold on. What? What? What do you say? What 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 did you think I said? Did you say Tony Spielberg? Did I? Yeah. Oh, sorry, uh, Steven Spielberg. <laughs> sorry. Uh, look, it's it's one o'clock in the morning, here. Um, and uh, it's Tony Kushner screenplay. Um, there we go. 
there we go. Steven Spielberg there. Um, this, uh, this want, we, we can redo it and no one ever has to know about that. Nope, nope, nope. That's fine. People can know about that. Uh, this is a pop writer's room after dark. So, you know, um, uh, this is starring a bunch of people that I don't recognize um, except for the lead. Also, Elgort, who has gotten in a lot of trouble um, since filming has wrapped. Um, but I'm sure a lot of these other people are. Wait, wait, since filming wrapped. So filming wrapped for this before COVID. This finished wrapping uh, production in like middle 2019 um, yeah. and was supposed to come out, I think, winter. Uh, or it was, but, uh, then I think is this the guy from Baby Driver? Yep. I thought he got in trouble back way in, when Baby Driver was coming out. My understanding is, I don't really know the full story, uh, yeah. but my understanding is filming was already completed, and he is the lead in this musical that also involves a lot of dancing. It would be very hard to replace him. No. Um, it got pushed back. I think I think it was supposed to come out December 2020, um, um, and so I think it just got pushed back to uh, to this this time spot because of because of COVID. I think the film's probably been done mm. for a while, but um, yeah, so. I, I don't really have any thoughts on the whole Ansel Gort being cast thing because I I'm sure that the stories are true, um, but I you know I, and, and obviously I wish there was a different choice. Um, I really love Baby Driver. I think he's great in the role, but um, you know just because somebody's a good actor doesn't mean we should have them um, be a be a part of things and getting getting paid to to be influences on us. So, um, anyways, I I don't I don't necessarily. Um, know too much about that. I'm very uneducated on uh, specifically him because uh, he's just one of a million people that are apparently terrible in Hollywood, and it's really hard to keep up with all of them. So, um, so there's that. Um, but I'm positive. I'm sure the stories are true. Um, doesn't seem to be any any doubt or any hesitation. So, um, yeah. Uh, so it's definitely kind of a problematic choice there. But aside from that, that's really all 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 that we need to say about that. Um, because we'll take the film on just a film um, standpoint for the purposes of this podcast. Uh, Frank, again, same thing. Uh, only thing keeping, only thing holding you back is your own free will. Uh, what do you think? Would you catch this opening weekend? Wait for a matinee. Right. Wait till you can rent it at home. Wait till it's on a streaming service you already pay for. Are you just not interested in West Side Story? This movie completes a trilogy for me. Yeah. Of War Horse, BFG, and a West Side Story of Spielberg movies I'm never going to watch. Ever. <laughs> Are you much of a musical person? It's a, it's just this movie does nothing for me. Like, well, but you, do you get, typically I like can, musicals. Are you, would you do you choose to watch musicals or is it like you just accidentally stumble upon you know Les Misérables or something like that? Les Misérables, blah 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 blah. Anyway, I hate that movie. I got a story about that one. <laughs> or, or or maybe La La Land, right? Like well, La La Land, I enjoy. But like, do you like uh, intentionally seek them out? Like, are you like, hey, a musical? I'm excited about that. Or are you like, uh, a musical? I guess if it gets awards buzz, I'll watch it. Like, no, not even that. It's just the story has to intrigue me. And okay. West Side Story, you know, high school drama, all that stuff. This story to me is just I've seen it too many times. Like it's it's played out. It's just I'm not a like. I don't know why Spielberg did this. I feel like it was a paycheck. It's like, I don't know if there's going to be any passion. Like, I don't know. Like, it's such, why? Like, it got announced, and I'm just, why? Uh, look, it's got to be a passion project for him, right? I don't know. Like, I, a vacation I, 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 home. 
I think if 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 I'm to understand correctly, um, I think he expressed interest in directing West Side Story in 2014, and they were like, "Hey, Steven Spielberg said he wanted to direct a property that we have the rights to. Can we make that happen?" And that's what happened. That's my understanding. Spielberg can like he can direct anything he wants, and I don't know why he chose West Side Story. Like I don't care. Look how many how many bad movies have Steven has Steven Spielberg made? Uh, well, I don't know. I don't have a list on hand. Like I love Spielberg. I love the guy. I do, but like certain movies he's made. Like okay, I already said earlier. I haven't seen Schindler's List. I want to. I bought it. I was gonna watch it. It got stolen. Not my fault. Um, I've never seen Color Purple. Uh, no, I've not seen that one either. I never saw Amistad. Nor have I. I like. A lot of his serious mood, like, give me a Spielberg popcorn flick. I love that he's a guy that can make popcorn flick after popcorn flick and does that pattern of, you know, one for the studio, one for him. Um, just some of his passion projects, I don't, okay, don't draw see. me in. Um, coming coming from, starting with Jaws, because Jaws was his like, real big entry to the scene moving forward. Uh, Jaws, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, 1941. Love it. Love um, it. Raiders of the Lost Ark, E.T. Classic. He had Classic. a segment in the Twilight Zone, the movie. Never um, seen. Neither have I. Uh, Temple of Doom. Classic. Uh, Color Purple. Never uh, seen. Empire of the Sun. Never uh, seen. Last Crusade. Seen. Hook. Jurassic Park. Schindler's List. Seen. Love. Haven't seen. Uh, Lost World. Love it. Yeah. Uh, uh, Amistad, Saving Private Ryan. AI, Minority Report, Catch Me If You Can, The Terminal, War of the Worlds, Munich. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Adventures of Tintin, War Horse, Lincoln, Bridge of Spies, The BFG, The Post, Ready Player One, and then West Side yeah. Story. The Post, haven't seen. Lincoln, I haven't seen. Look, if you out of this whole list, uh, I haven't seen all of these. Um, yeah. To me, I, I don't like The Lost World. We'll talk about that in uh, in June for our, <laughs> our episode. Um, I actually yeah. kind of hate that movie. Um, and as we recently talked on the Nostalgia podcast, um, Hook is not a good movie. I don't like Hook either. Like, but he's got a really incredible track record, and I can't get excited about West Side Story. And it's exactly what you said. Um, it, it not, I, I not, I think that he is passionate about making this. I just don't think there's a reason to make this. Um, like, yeah, I, I can fully believe that it's just something he wanted to do, and he did, and I can respect it. And I'm sure Cedar got Cedar people. They're gonna love it. My my wife is a big theater person. She couldn't care less about this movie. Because the 1961 version is totally fine. 7.5 exactly. on, on IMDb, 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, 83% on uh, Metacritic, and even a, uh, what do we got here? I'm looking on Letterboxd to find the Letterboxd aggregate. Um, 3.8. Like, that's a really good Letterboxd grade. So, like, the, the original movie is beloved, even today. Uh, so... I mean, other than people that are never going to watch a movie that came out before Star Wars, there's no reason to make this. It just doesn't feel like timely. Yeah, like, it doesn't feel necessary. You know, I, there's just doesn't seem like any reason for this movie to come out. Yeah, and that's where I'm at with it. And like, it just does nothing for me. Like, I'll go for um, I'll go for streaming service officially uh, because there is an element of I like musicals um, and uh, and you know I. Um, I haven't seen the original. I plan on seeing the original, um, probably ideally before I see this one. Um, although that might have to change because um, I don't know that, that I'll get around to seeing the original um, while this one is still in theaters. Yeah, um, don't see the original. 
Only because I feel like if you see the original and then you see this one, I mean, it's a musical adaptation. The songs aren't going to change that much. I mean, I might have to just see this one first and then uh, go back to yeah. the to the 1961 version. I, I think um, it would be interesting to see someone that hasn't seen the original watch it first. Then maybe it'll hit you a different way. So, um, so there's that. I just, um, I don't know. It's, it's a director that is 98% of the time a surefire hit. And when he hits, he hits big. Um, and when he misses, he doesn't miss that far. Like I told you, I don't, I don't like lost world, but I don't think it's like a truly terrible movie. And I told you, I don't like uh, hook, but it's not like hook is a truly terrible movie. You know, this isn't like, um, you know, when, um, I don't know, uh, director that made just like bad movies. Uh this isn't like um I was gonna say I'm not Shyamalan coming out with the happening, but he had already made some stinkers before then. Um <laughs> you know what I'm I, I don't want to bring it up, but I'm gonna have to bring it up. Go ahead, Frank. You haven't said anything about Ready Player One. I like Ready Player One. Shut up. I, but why is that not part of this conversation? Uh and don't get don't, don't get me wrong, I like Ready Player One. I can defend that movie. No, I it's fine. It's just he's got a long track record. I mentioned Ready Player One when I rode through it. It's just like, oh, I yeah, no, I really like it. Uh, I think I enjoy it quite a bit. I think the Shining sequence is incredible, actually. Um, by far my favorite part of the movie. I just, I know it's a little bit more divisive. I know I'm on the side of I really like that movie. Um, I like the I, book. I know there are people that don't like it. I've not yet read the book, um, but it's. I like the book. I knew what the book was going in. Of course, it's going to be nonstop references. Look at who the audience was. But it was just nice that they were able to make a movie and get the rights to a bunch of properties that's so in there. And it was nice. Well, Frank, we got to move on. Uh, we spent way yes, too much did. time talking about these movies because we still got to talk about yeah. all the MCU Phase 4. Oh, um, Jesus, this is going to be a long night. So here we're going to go. We're going to talk. Uh, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, we can, we can do this quick. Um, not too quick though. Not too quick. Um, we're going to talk about MCU phase four, by the way, we'll be spoiling every piece of content here. Uh, not Hawkeye. We won't be spoiling Hawkeye. There's not um, much to say about Hawkeye. And probably also let's not spoil the Eternals. Um, cause that's not available at home just yet. Um, but you know, Don't so- worry. I can't spoil it if I wanted to. Um, but yeah, that's fair. Um, but if we, but you know, anything that's available on Disney plus, um, at home or Spider-Man far from home isn't on Disney plus. Um, the rest of this stuff is available on Disney plus. I feel like we can, uh, go ahead and just feel free to spoil. Uh, we won't do Hawkeye since it's currently running and we won't do, uh, Eternals. We'll, we'll talk about them. We won't, we won't spoil them. Um, so, uh, we'll go in chronological or in release order. Uh, so, right. so that leaves us at Spider-Man Far From Home, um, the first official movie in MCU Phase 4. Frank, Spider-Man Far From Home, do you like it, love it, hate it, dislike it? I think it's just okay. I Spider-Man Far From Home, Yeah, loved it, thought it was just, loved it, I liked it, thought it was good, okay, now it's kind of just okay. Every time I watch it, it goes down a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I love this movie. Uh, this is my favorite live-action Spider-Man movie. Uh, after some rewatches, I've discovered that Into the Spider-Verse is my favorite um, uh, Spider-Man movie in general, but I really love Far From Home. Um, now, granted, it's been a hot second since I've seen it, um, but um, I really love everything that has going for it. Um, kind of my only complaint is that um, it's not really even much of a complaint because like, 
I knew Mysterio was going to be a bad guy at some point. Like I knew he was the big bad, but like, yeah, like I, a, a like, lot of people didn't. And I was surprised how many people were like, Oh, I was shocked. It was like, Mysterio is a very well-known Spider-Man villain. But look, the biggest thing to me is they made Mysterio work. Well, as soon as they announced Mysterio, it was like, hold on. Like, how is that going to work? How are they going to How are they going to pass off a believable? And look, drones emulating a bunch of, like, 3D pictures that Spider-Man can interact with. Look, it's far-fetched, but, like, it's way more grounded and way more real than Mysterio from, you know, the comics. So, um, you know... I'm surprised it worked, and I'm happy they they made it work. Like it was enjoyable, and after my hatred of Iron Man three for the longest time, I've come to appreciate Iron Man three in the sense that when it came out, I hated it. But in the whole scheme of all these movies and what they're doing, sometimes it's okay for there just to be like a little misadventure romp of a character. And kind of just not hold too much weight, except for the ending of the movie, obviously. Sure. But, yeah, like, I felt like everyone should have known Mysterio is going to be a bad guy. Um, I don't like how heavy the MCU is becoming in the whole multiverse stuff. Okay. When when they introduced the idea of multiverse in Far From Home, but then that's just a complete lie. And it's like, it feels like now it's kind of diminishing that we still are getting multiverse stuff. Like, if we're going to have multiverse stuff and it is going to be real, they could have just kept it real in this one and have that be the thing that kicked it off. Uh, But yeah, it is a fun little adventure, but, like, it does go down a little bit for me with some watches. Yeah, and look, I don't love it as much as when I walked out of the theater. There was definitely a bit of, like, shock with the post-credit scene. Oh, they really Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Like, I... They brought him back! I love it! Like, yeah. And here's the other thing. When I walked out of the theater, I said, look, I don't care what comes out next. Spider-Man 4 is the next movie that I'm excited about. I don't care about a new Avengers or a secret Avengers. or a, <laughs> I, I, I literally don't care about any the next thing that comes out until Spider-Man No, no, no Way Home come, comes out. Um, you know, um, now, that was all before COVID. Um, so. And that was still before all the... Like, if we're just talking about movie-wise, all we've had since then was Black Widow and Ten Rings, so... And the really, there wasn't, and the yeah, and the turtles. <laughs> yep, um, and Venom. Let there be carnage, uh, which we will oh, be talking spoiler. about. We spoiler, spoiler on this uh, this one because we talked. I think no, we talked about the first Venom when we did Spider Man movies. Um, Venom, yeah, Venom. Let there be carnage. Um, yeah. So look, I I think I think that I like I really like the relationship of um, seeing. Not the relationship. I, I love seeing how the world progresses with Tony Stark being dead. Um, I think it's really... I, I really liked them playing into what does a world look like where Captain America is not around anymore and 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 Tony Stark risks his life to save everybody, um, you know, to, you know, at the biggest battle of all time. Um, what does that world look like? And it looks like a lot of people paying homage to that. It looks like some people that were close to him being really lost and clueless at what's next. And it looks like a lot of people trying to take advantage of a situation. And that's, I, I thought that was great. I think yeah. the humor is on point. I, point. I love, um, uh, I, I really liked seeing the, uh, the angry rice character and Ned get together for, for a bit. I thought that was fun. Uh, I'm glad it's not going to last longer, but I thought that was a really funny, 
side thing going on, um, including uh, Martin Starr as the as the teacher and um, JB Smoove as the other teacher uh, for more into the movie. That was great. Um, I like the guy that they having Flash play Flash Thompson. Of course, I'm a big Zendaya fan. Um, so I, I like everybody got a little bit more to do. We got the they call it the Night Monkey outfit, which I thought was a lot of fun. <laughs> I thought Jake Gyllenhaal was a great as Mysterio. Um, I I like the way that they tied it in with the with the Civil War thing. Like I thought that was really fun. And I, look, I understand people's complaint that it's not really a Spider Man movie; it's a Tony Stark movie. But I just disagree. I I, I think this is at its core a Spider Man movie, and I really love it. And it it, it is about both it is about tony stark but at the same time this is about peter's relationship with tony stark um and you know how how there's somebody looking to take advantage of a high schooler out there uh and you know he does it it definitely kicked off the whole ptsd phase of mcu i mean i mean he redid it first but well yeah you're right yeah yeah yeah, he 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 got over that like real quick (laughs) yeah no, like it's a perfectly fine movie. I don't hate it, but but yeah, walking out of the theater, I thought it was the best thing I ever seen J.K. Simmons back. So oh yeah, for sure, <laughs> seeing him back and uh, and just thinking about the ram- like is is this are they trying to connect this to a multiverse? Are they just trying to be like we really love this actor, so we'll, re- we'll bring him back? Either one is fine. I don't care. I love seeing him back. He was born to play this role, um, you know. But. Uh, um but yeah i just thought like oh i can't wait to find out what comes next um yeah for sure um uh, yeah i I don't i don't have much more to say i think um you know it's not a perfect movie but it's a top tier mcu for me i think it was actually like my fifth or sixth favorite movie of the year it came out um really loved it um is it out the same year as avengers endgame oh and i like the way they handled the blip stuff they called it the blip um like it's showing the, the high school thing at the morning and like there's that one sequence where like all of a sudden the marching band reappears at, in the middle of a football game and like that kind of stuff is just hilarious to me no nah, i wonder about all people that disappeared while they were flying on an airplane yeah that too yeah they're gone but Whee! but yeah overall far from home out of all the the main spider-man movies animated included i had this one at at six out of eight okay yeah, look, I understand um, why some people might not be high on it, um, but for me, it's it, it's my favorite. Uh, probably not the best, you know. Um, mm. Probably not the best, but it's my favorite. Uh, yeah. So uh, then we got Wandavision, the first Disney Plus show. Um, Frank, Wanda. we don't have to talk about this too much because you and I did the mini pod when this came out. Yeah, um, and Wandavision, I loved it. Again, they're building up for a lot of great stuff for future movies. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I just got blinded because I was updating my desktop and it just turned <laughs> back on, and both screens are like bright yeah. white. I can see your face now. <laughs> but yeah, Wandavision loved it. It was a great way for them to introduce, however, they were going to be doing these Disney style shows. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for the future. Yeah, uh, I really love Wandavision still. Um, that one, this one hasn't diminished over time for me. Uh, if anything, I've appreciated it more and we'll talk about that later. Um, like as we continue with the Marvel TV shows, um, I'll say, I'll go ahead and say it now. WandaVision is my favorite of the TV shows that have come out. So, um, I, I think it, it, it surpassed all my expectations. Um, and it's really, really, really great. Um, it advances the story without feeling 
like uh like because you also did halloween kills with me it advances the story without feeling just like a bridge piece um yeah it's not afraid to get real emotional and real deep with characters that have have attempted but not succeeded to 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 reach an an emotional level so far Um, it had it had goals and right and it had great callbacks and it had a, a really terrific conceit a really terrific concept um i i really love it i love the creativity uh, behind it and I'm, you know i'm not just saying all that because jeremy simser also did an interview for the show um you know but genuinely uh really thought um lots of elements of this show were just remarkable um it's the least exciting mcu show in terms of like you know action or you know like uh amount of things happening but no i i love this i think i think that these marvel shows should aim to be more of a slow burn like wandavision was um really really love wandavision um uh it's it's top t- if it were a movie it would be it, it would be top 10 for sure so um which then will lead us into the falcon and the winter soldier uh frank do you like it love it hate it dislike it think it's just okay when it was airing i was loving it unlike wandavision i haven't felt a need to go back and revisit it which maybe i should as far as where the story ended up, I am perfectly fine with uh, Falcon taking over the mantle of Captain America. Mm-hmm. My only real gripe with the show is his costume in the end. Yes, I know they went for complete comic book accuracy. I just felt like it was too white. Oh, I actually really love the costume. Like, like not... I'm not making a, any racial thing here. I mean, like, white as in, like, the yeah, color, right. the material. Like, right. I don't know why, but white-colored costumes for superheroes just feel... They look extra rubbery and they do. fake about they it. Do. They do. And it felt like a well, TV Well, and Captain America's suit. primary colors are red and blue. Yeah. White and, and like, I'm fine color. with the... I'm fine with it being incorporated, but, like, it just... The suit felt TV quality, not movie quality. No, I love the suit. You're right. The white looks a little rubbery. It looks a little rough, but I think the overall yeah. the design is great. Um, okay, so when I was watching the show, I was probably bordering on okay and liked it. And uh, I am I'm gonna go ahead and land in didn't like this show. Um, and here's why. I think there's a really good idea behind this show. Um, I do like um, Falcon. Uh, um, Sam and Bucky together. I think I like the relationship. Oh, yeah, like um, I've always loved like the way they work together, especially in like Civil War, just their little car conversations. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They work great off each other. Yeah, so I like their chemistry. I like uh, I like them as actors, uh, both of them as well. Um, and I liked um, the the main thing I liked, and this is what I wish the show did differently or did better. Um, was I really loved how there was moments where the show really wanted to dive into um, Sam's struggle to take up the mantle, partly because it's Steve's and those are big shoes to fill. And partly because, uh, you know, especially they get towards it in the later episodes, but you know, how, how can a black person come in and represent this? Um, And so I, I thought that that was um, a really interesting struggle. I wish this whole show would have been more like the therapy sessions that they had in the first ones. I didn't really give a, anything about the um uh the carly character and any of that subplot i understand that uh, my understanding is apparently it was supposed to be a um a chemical warfare attack um that was just a little bit too similar to the circumstances of COVID 19 um 
And so they wound up having to make a change um, as to not be, you know, complete jerks um, and negligent to the world that you know, we're, we are experiencing. Um, so I, I understand their need to change, but if that's the case, then look, there's no reason Falcon and the soldier couldn't come out to Falcon and the winter soldier couldn't come out right now. Like it would still have the same impact on the MCU. Um, it's not like it set up anything massive, set up anything big. Um, there was no reason it needed to come out when it did. So um, I think they tried to just scramble and they wanted to get it out there. Um, now I, just, I wish they had more of the, you know, and, and same thing with the Bucky stuff. I loved, you know, the relationship that he had with the, with the Asian diner guy that's he's befriending cause he killed his son. Um, I thought that stuff was great. Um, I just didn't care about the actual, you know, conflict in the show. That's where I land. I didn't like it. Um, but I, I liked I liked a lot of what I want what it was trying to be. So, do you have any other thoughts, Frank? <laughs> oh, my mic is working. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> I thought you can't hear me at all. No, I can't. No. You just haven't been trying to speak. No, you you were killing. It. I just can't figure out why my sound output isn't going back to this. But no, I agree with a lot what you said. I did like them getting into the racial background of how certain characters were treated in the MCU, or not MCU, but in the world of the MCU. Right. And they had, it was a lot of powerful stuff in there, and I, I really enjoy it. I do want to go back and revisit it again. I have very little desire to revisit it, other than maybe watching the last two episodes. Uh, it's just where I'm at. Um, all right, you ready to talk about Black Widow? Yes, I am. All right. Well, Frank uh, Frank messaged me when when it was time to come out with the schedule. He's like, I just want to be on whatever you're talking about, Black Widow. I was like, all right, here we go. Um, Black Widow, the first movie to come out of the COVID pandemic uh, or to come out after COVID started um, for the MCU. Um, yeah, but Scarlett Johansson finally gets her own movie. Um, Florence Pugh's in there. David Harbour's in there. Rachel Weisz is in there. Um, Olga Kirilenko is in there. Um, yeah. Frank Black Widow, did you like it, love it, hate it, dislike it? I think it's just okay. I am torn because personally, this movie should have came out a lot sooner. They should have released it. No, not released it, but they should have made it after a civil war. It should have been, it didn't feel like it was a part of a plan. It just feels entirely as an afterthought. And that is my main issue with it, is that it was a complete afterthought. I'll agree with that 100%. Um, it feels like an afterthought. And for that reason, uh, I'm going to go with low side of okay. Um, I liked it a little bit more than Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, there's a lot of things to like here. Um, but there's more things that it's like. It feels like an afterthought. There's nothing special about this movie. And look, I'm I'm okay. Like I don't I don't think every superhero movie needs to be about saving the entire world. Um, and this one had a really good opportunity to do that, to just tell a little side project of just a mission. And uh, it just whiffed on it to me. Um, another big whiff is that um, um, this this movie is, uh, this is Florence Pugh's movie, really. She's far and away the best part of this movie. Um, and uh, it's, it's almost a shame because Scarlett Johansson finally gets her movie and she is the probably third best thing about it because I also really love David Harbour in this. Um, so nothing wrong with Scarlett Johansson, but Florence Pugh was uh, was terrific in this, and I love I love David Harbour's role in this. So um, I didn't really care about the plot very much. 
um, the the Taskmaster reveal was that, kind of uh, frustrating I, to no end. The Taskmaster reveal I saw coming ever since the bridge fight because yeah. I felt like yeah I know Taskmaster can mimic, but it still felt very feminine to me in and out of just some of the poses, and I went ah. This is going to be the. We didn't see a body of the dead girl that she lived, and that's who that's going to be. And it kind of does waste a lot of potential for Spider Man and Taskmaster. Mm-hmm. And Grant, I don't know. Well, too Taskmaster much. would be a great way to introduce the Fantastic Four. Yeah. And now eh, it, it was just wasted. <laughs> a lot yep. of waste was this movie. I couldn't get the emotional connection between her and the sister. Like, if this movie. Again, it came out prior. It would have felt so much better. Like now, it uh, wouldn't have been better, but I would think of it better. Yeah, well, experience does like come into play for certain things. And if this did come out right after Civil War, like maybe the whole vest thing would have been meaningful. Maybe. Well, it felt to me like um, you remember in. Um... Uh, the Last Jedi, where there was a really big uh, moment played up about Han's dice. God, I hated that. I didn't really understand it, and I'm, I was a big Star Wars fan, but I didn't even I didn't understand it. And then they and then they had to make such a big deal about it in Solo. It felt that you know that felt like an afterthought to me. Of no, um, I feel like they were only a big deal in Last Jedi was so they could play it up in Solo. I mean, that's pot- that's also I mean that's potential, but it's just like. It, yeah, if if this movie would have come out first, then maybe the vest would have been something more, or you know, whatever. I don't know, but it it, it it's it's also it's a, it's a vest. A vest doesn't mean anything. <laughs> um, so it, it was a joke. So yeah. um, yeah, and I look, I'm excited that we'll get more Florence Pugh. Um, it, I think, like I said, I think she was great. I'm really excited about the prospect of. Do you think we get a Steve Rogers uh, versus the? Um, Oh, uh, what's the David Harbour's character? What's the um, Crimson Tide? Crimson Tide. Yeah. Like, do you think we get like some some form of Steve Rogers since he's gone back in time versus Crimson Tide? I have played around with the idea of what if the stories that Dad is saying is true, but it's only true in the sense of what he does after the events of Endgame. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're ever going to see it. I don't uh, think I. I don't think we'll ever see it either, but. Like the adamant on us not seeing Chris Evans again, which I think is a waste because I still think having old man Cap kind of running the Avengers compound just in an office. You know what would make my day is first of all, get, how about how about a comic release of Steve Rogers versus the Red Guardian? Um, the Red Guardian that was his name, not the Crimson Tide. Red Guardian. Um, okay. Like, how about a comic comic book run? That way, you, you know, you can you can get that story out there, and it can be considered canon and whatnot. But you don't have to worry about getting Chris. I want. I kind of want Chris Evans to direct Captain America Four. Like, he's a director now. I mean, he. You know, if if you want to do, if you want to like embrace the or keep embracing the Captain America's black now, then you should probably hire a black director. But if you want to just kind of go with he's the new Captain America, that would be a fun kind of full circle for him. So. Anyway, or um, Evans can just direct the full blown theatrical version of Rogers. Ooh, actually, here we go. Let's have Chris Evans direct the Fantastic Four. That'll really come first, full circle. Um, no, and, yeah. Anyway, Black Widow's it's it's a totally mediocre uh, 
low tier MCU film, uh, which is a mid tier superhero film, um, which is, you know, a, it's an okay movie. Um, low side of okay for me. Black Widow, I have it as number 27 out of 32 on the MCU list. You have 32 on the MCU list? Yeah. What do you have that I don't? I have 29. Uh, you have Venom and Venom 2, don't you? And five others. Well, no, I have the miniseries in here as well. But uh, Oh, got it. So you must not have Loki and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, oh no, like, I'm going on my Letterbox list. I don't have TV shows in that list. Yeah, no, I'm going I, off Letterbox too, but they're miniseries, so they're in Letterboxd. Uh, I, I don't actually have them in my official rankings so yeah well i have black widow as 25 out of 29 um but uh you know i don't have any of the other films that you have listed Uh, i have strictly things that were released as specifically mcu or mtu okay um now we get to loki um, I think Loki started before Black Widow came out. I think it had one or two episodes, and then Black Widow came out. But either way, we're going to put Loki here. Um, Frank, do you like it, love it, hate it, dislike it, or think it's just okay? I At first, I thought I knew what the show was going to be, and I thought right, it's just going to be a self-contained thing. But then it took it to places I wasn't expecting. I ended up loving it, and I can't wait for season two. Mm-hmm. And I am going to officially say that the kiss between the two Lokis is not incest. It's purely masturbatory. It's himself. But do you think? Uh, but do you think that Sylvia is even a Loki? Because she kind of hints that she might not even be a Loki at the end of the series. Season. I, don't I don't know. We'll see. Um, I'm gonna land. I'm gonna land firmly and like this one. Um, I far from love this movie, and I far from dislike it. Um, I think that. It starts really well and it ends really well. It's just the middle that kind of bores me a bit. Um, they try to do a lot. Um, they try to get you to buy into things that I just didn't necessarily. But I think that I thought the pilot was really well done. Um, and I think that the last two or three episodes were also really well done. Specifically, the last episode is really great. Um, it's just the stuff in the middle, you know, like the one where they go to the apocalypse planet and they try to get to the train station. And then the one where they're on the train station, specifically those two episodes are like kind of like pretty, not good. Um, pretty boring. You can kind of tell they're, 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 they're filler and trying to build chemistry with these two characters. Um, but there was plenty of other ways to do that. Um, so yeah, so I'm just going to land and like it. All right, that's fair. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know how much else I have to say. I mean, T- Tom Hiddleston's great in this role. I really like the addition of Sylvie. Um, the the finale is so great because Jonathan Majors is really great as Kang. Um, I love the interpretation of Kang uh, in this. I love um, the impact that it's going to have on the MCU. Um, I thought all the TVA stuff was interesting. Owen Wilson was surprisingly really good in this. You know, um, I guess maybe not surprisingly. I don't, he's he can be good when he wants to be especially now but you know not a single not a single wow in the whole show from him uh, which is upsetting uh um, yeah, intentional <laughs> seeing uh um uh, richard richard e grant as the uh the original costume loki was designed and the alligator loki is one of my favorites um, oh i'm pre-ordering a statue of that oh yeah i believe that i believe yeah. that um so yeah like uh, to me um Aside from the finale, just as many things worked as just as as didn't, um, and uh, but the finale is really great. Definitely bumped it up from okay to from high side of okay to um, firmly and liked it. Because, um, I have it listed as twenty one out of twenty nine. So, um, 
Then we got the legend of Shang-Chi and the uh, Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings, which uh, as we're recording this, um, it was announced earlier today that this is getting a sequel. So, oh, I did not know that. Yep, officially getting a sequel with the director returning. Um, so, um, now we'll see if that excites us. Frank, did you like it, love it, hate it, dislike it, or think it's just okay? Well, depending on how you want to count, I have this movie as either number four or five in my overall ranking. Dang. I absolutely loved it. One thing that really makes it stand out is the clear choreography and the fight sequences. Mm -hmm. It was nice to see a nice, clean action fight scene, a climax of a movie, take place in the daytime. Mm -hmm. The visual effects were amazing. I. I made a specific choice to go up and see this in IMAX because they shot the entire thing in the IMAX format. And I went, hey, the only way I'm ever going to get the seat in the IMAX format is if I go to an IMAX theater. And then what did they do? Put it in an IMAX format on Disney Plus along with all the other ones, making my entire shelf of the MCU Steelbook collection completely useless. Don't say that. I mean, I bought Shang-Chi on Steelbook. It's on there. But I'm just going to keep watching the IMAX version on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Um, I also really love this movie. Um, I loved it, and also, I I had no idea. I I feel bad. I don't know the main guy's name. Uh, the actor or the, the actor? It would be pretty bad if I didn't know the character's name. But. I don't know. Uh, Simu Lu. I'm pr- like, pretty sure I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but... Like, last year or the year before, I got really heavy into uh, Kim's Convenience, even though it's kind of cringy on a lot of its portrayals. I loved his character in there. He was the only reason why I kept watching the show. Mm -hmm. And then when I found out that, hey, he's in this Marvel movie, I was like, oh, hell yeah. And, like, the bus scene, I love the Mm -hmm. move with the jet. Like, everything about this movie, I just love. and. It was it was a refreshing movie for me. Like that's why it's so high up. It's always gonna be in the top five for me, probably. Yeah, uh, I love this movie. I I think it lands at like ten for me. Um, you mentioned the bus scene, and I think the bus scene is great. But I think the standout scene for me was the one that was outside the building on the construction. Oh yeah, that was gorgeous uh, for me. But also, um, right, hold up. Here's the thing, though. And I noticed this with a recent, like, Venom, Let There Be Carnage. What is with all the fight scenes in movies at construction sites? Is it like, hey, we went in the city, but we don't want collateral damage? But it's just like, I'm getting tired of seeing scaffolding in fight movies. I have a couple of theories. I think that it allows for creativity, um, but also it's cheaper because you could just put up some pipes on the green screen. I know, but, like, we're going to get it with the next Spider-Man movie. Yeah, that's true. And I'm getting tired of scaffolding in movies and, like... I mean, at least there's a couple movies that they, like, make it make sense. You know, like, when uh, in Batman vs. Superman, when they go to the middle of nowhere. Um, there there was another movie that they specifically go to a... Oh, it was um the Hulkbuster in Avengers Age of Ultron. Yeah. Um, where they lead Hulk to a construction well, building. Like, that you- makes sense. I did like that. I also liked the fact that they worked early on in that scene to evacuate it. And then Tony was even trying to buy the building before destroying it. Yeah, that too. I just love that moment. That's a, that, that's very much a, um, 
Batman Begins or Dark Knight or whatever. He's like, I just bought the hotel, you know, moment. Like, even though I'm pretty sure it Is came that- up before Batman v Superman, it still felt like they knew people were going to be talking, or no, that it had to come after Man of Steel. And I feel like that is what that scene was kind of winking at was the complaints of uh, Man of Steel, like all the destruction. So they decided to just, okay, they're going to evacuate. He's going to buy the building and then destroy it. And no one can complain. Nah, I mean, I, I think that's more of a little bit of a, a stretch. That was, that was Dark Knight, wasn't it? Where he buys a hotel. Well, no, that's Batman Begins. Okay. But then I was talking about the complaints from Man of Steel. I know. I know. But, but, uh, it felt more like a nod to that, um, especially since the Tony Stark character is very similar to the the Bruce Wayne caricature in the Dark Knight trilogy. But um, no, uh, back to Shang Chi. Uh, Shang Chi. Um, the other thing that like I really wound up liking. First of all, um, this is probably the best cinematography in the MCU, um, oh, at least up to that point. Um, you know, maybe Eternals gives it a run for its money. Um, but this is for sure the best cinematography um, by this point. And uh, like, it just looks gorgeous. And specifically, especially when it gets to the big climax fight, um, like the movie was just so gorgeous to look at. Like that's what brought tears to my eyes. I was, I was crying in the movie theater. Uh, not a lot, not bawling, but I shed a tear because there's a moment where it's slow-mo and the uh, like, but just for a brief second and the music is perfect. And it's like, um, like the dragons are fighting in the water and you know, they're riding the dragons and it's just, it's, it's, it's gorgeous. Um, to me, um, this is a, I'm, as somebody who's not a dragon ball Z or avatar, the last airbender fan, this, this felt kind of like a last airbender movie. Um, as again, as somebody who has no familiarity with the source. So, um, it kind of, to me, I was like, is this a, is this an avatar fans wet dream or like, what so um anyway i um i I just thought it was gorgeous to see i loved it and i love the creativity of using the ten rings like how they use it to like essentially walk on air or they use it to like brace for a landing i thought thought this movie was really creative in a lot of ways um the cute little character that's just a furball with eyes as a as a former uh, iron man 3 hater how did you feel about ben kingsley returning all right let me tell you this the moment they announced the movie, like, like Ted Rings has been around since Iron Man 1, mm-hmm. and, like, yeah, Iron Man 3 hate, it wasn't so much that I felt betrayed that, oh, they did this twist. I felt Kingsley did too good of a job portraying the Mandarin. Yeah, he's such a good actual Mandarin. Yeah, and that was my only complaint about it, was, like, I was fine with the twist, they just could have got anyone else to do it. But I have fallen in love with Trevor. He's so fun in this movie. And my entire time going in, my only expectation, the only thing I wanted out of the movie was for them to address the Mandarin issue and to bring him back. And I'm, I was sitting in the movie theater and it was getting closer to it, closer to it. I'm starting, I'm excited. I'm tapping Jesse on the leg going, this is it. He, this is going to be it. And he showed up and I loved it. And then they topped it with that little creature. And yeah, I'm happy that Trevor is back in the MCU. Yeah, for sure. Um, he's a lot of fun in this one. Um, he's great. Uh, I really don't have many negative things to say. I mean, they cut. One of the things is they 
they tease Abomination in the trailer, and then Abomination shows up for slightly longer than in the film. It's not hardly anything at all. And I had a feeling that was going to be coming. Well, but it's like it's like at least it's nice to know that they haven't completely forgotten about him or whatever. But I don't know. I kind of wanted a little bit more. Um, you know, and maybe the movie is a tiny bit long, and maybe the movie is a little bit you know cliched with how it has the you know, the real Mandarin character play out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where he's like love struck and trying to find like I don't know. It maybe wasn't the the most original thing I'd ever seen or whatever. But um, I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, it's uh, yeah, truly truly great work. I'm very happy that they're getting a sequel, and I'm very, very happy that Dustin Daniel Cretton is um, returning. You know, hopefully we'll see him stay, but this it wouldn't be the first time that they announced a director would be returning only to have them quit mid to creative differences. I, I can't wait for 11 rings. going to be so, so good. <laughs> yeah, uh, but like I said, you know, most, a, a, lot, a lot of the creativity as well. Um, colors in this movie are gorgeous. Um, lots, lots to love here. Um, all right, Frank, we got to talk about what if for a little bit. Now, now, um, I don't think we should spoil the ending of this show. The big, like arguably the big reveal thing. Um, and it's, and it's, and it's, I'm going to go ahead and say that partly because, um, it's maybe it's still a little too new. Um, and I haven't seen the first two episodes yet. So, all right. What if it's just fun? You get to just have little adventures like I'm a fan of the What If comics. I have one hanging up somewhere around this house that came out in the '80s. It was called What If Captain America Was Sold Out Today, and I just get hanging up because I chuckle at because that's what we ended up getting anyway. <laughs> yeah. So that What If actually happened, but yeah, some some of the episodes are kind of you know just fun to see. And they do eventually kind of build on each other in like tiny different ways of continuing little bits and nuggets here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the ending, I just hope that only remains in the animated realm. But I don't know the ending for for yeah. like clarity's sake. My guess is, like, my understanding is somehow it makes it MCU canon. I don't know how. No, I think people are reading the ending. I do think people are reading it a different way. I don't think anything in this... I don't think... Let me say it this way. I don't think anything in this show is MCU canon. It is strictly multiversal or... Sure. Well, I mean, I guess that's the thing I think of is like, you know, but with Spider-Man coming out, you know, it doesn't mean that it couldn't become canon. No, it's pretty much... I think some of the stuff in the show is meant to kind of help warm the audience up to certain ideas. For them to later implement in future MCU movies. Kind of like how... Remember when Mandalorian was coming out week every... Like, the same day, every week. Mm-hmm. But then they had it come out two days early, one week. Uh, For the finale, right? Not the finale. It was a random episode. They had it air a couple days early. The week Last Jedi was coming out. Oh, that's right. Because yeah, it was the episode where... It brought um, in it, the force healing. Yeah. And I feel like they put the episode out a couple days early so they knew people would watch it because everyone loves the Mandalorian. It's true. Pe- people like to be the defu- like people are tricky about the Star Wars movies. So if the Mandalorian didn't happen and we saw that for the first time in The Last Jedi, 
all these nerds will be bitching out about there that how, what's this new force power they just made up for the movie? This is bullshit. It ain't canon. But everyone loves the Mandalorian, so they show it there first, so people can't say shit about it unless Jedi, and nobody does. Yeah. Um, you know I gotta edit that out. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but I love The Last Jedi. Do you have to edit all that out, or can you just bleep? I'll... I don't know. I don't really have much time tomorrow. <laughs> I'll do my best to salvage right. what I can. So, yeah, I like the show. I think it's implementing some ideas to put out there for people in the future for main MCU timeline. Cool. I um yeah, I've only seen the first two episodes. Uh really unimpressed with the first episode. Um it's a slow beginning. That's what I hear. Um, the biggest thing and the other thing, and look, this is the problem of watching a movie that is, you know, just, um, like it, it, I'm just getting around to seeing it after it's all out. Um, this is the problem with doing that. Um, uh, it's that, uh, I, I'm totally agreeing with everything that I've heard. Um, I think that, um, there is, <sighs> the animation style, it feels lazy to me. Um, I didn't think it felt great. Um, so it feels kind of lazy. And I think that the, the stories are too long for, um, the amount of time that they should be going for. Um, so, uh, like they're trying to be two hour movies condensed to 30 minutes. Um, is what, I, is what I'm trying to say. And that's, it doesn't work specifically in some of the first episodes. Um, you were going to say something. I don't. I I disagree. I think they're the right amount of time. It is sped up in the sense of you can have lazy narration to jump you right into the meat and potato of the episode, so they don't have to do any kind of sort of build up, which I'm fine with. They do have episodes later on that do callbacks and continue some things that are set up, and with there going to be a season two. I feel like they're going to choose certain things to do another episode on. So we no, I mean, I just feel like, all right, so let's take the first episode, for example, the Captain Carter one. It, it just feels like there's too many similarities between that and Captain America, the first Avenger, that it almost felt like the what if was completely unnecessary because um, the, so there was... They the as soon as everything happens, eventually you get to some big confrontation. But there's also like Bucky, like they still have to go rescue the um, you still have to go rescue the the soldiers that Bucky is a part of the prisoners of war. Like it just felt like we've seen the same beats play out in the movies, so there's not really a reason for them to spend much time crafting them and be, to become good stories. So that's my problem. Um, you know. That, that that at least for that one it wasn't different enough, um, and so they felt like they could cut corners there, and it feels kind of lazy. Um, and then there's also the other example. This is again what people have been saying for weeks that I'm finally now getting to experience, and that's they can't just let Captain Carter come in and rule. Um, they have to have Steve come in and save the day with a you know Iron Man suit. So uh, it's just some bullshit, but um, <laughs> you know. Um, so anyway, I think it's fine. Um, I, I remember I, I'm a little bit higher than how people started perce- receiving the show. Um, but maybe it's because my expectation, my expectations were through the roof when the show was announced. Um, and then my expectations immediately crumbled as soon as the show actually came out and people were like, it, 
it's kind of not great. Um, so maybe it's just my expectations are so low at this point that like I, as long as the episodes are fine, I'm going to have a good time with them. I don't know. I disagree, but again, I just think that's probably just from my own fondness of the what if comic books. Like, sure. Well, but there's also like you've seen the whole series. So you're talking from the whole series perspective. I'm talking yeah. from two out of nine episodes. So anyway, um, so there's that. Uh, Frank, you ready to talk about the Eternals? Sure. <laughs> have you seen the Eternals? No. That's what I thought. It's like the first, I'm trying to see it on Friday, but I think Thursday might be the last day anyone around me is playing it. Yeah, that sounds about right. It's been out for a hot second. So this might be the first ever, no, this will be the second MCU movie I've ever missed. The first one being Doctor Strange. Mm, I'm trying to think. I don't think, I, I think I've seen every MCU movie in the theater. Actually, sorry, that's I didn't see Iron Man in the theater. Um, or Incredible Hulk, uh, but I did see Thor and, and Captain America. But at that point, we all knew Avengers. At that point, I, would, I decided to get on board. Um, so I think I so Iron Man Two was my first MCU theater experience. I've seen them all since. Most of them opening day, um, not all of them, and, and most of them IMAX opening day, not all of them. But um, yeah, no, saw, one... Eternals is good. Uh, it's better than you probably think it is, um, but it's it's far from anything groundbreaking. It is too long. It does have too many characters in it. Um, I read. I wrote a full review of it over at Sif Pop. If you're interested in checking it out, um, mm-hmm. to hear more fleshed out thoughts that aren't two in the morning thoughts. But um, um, it's Brief. it's a look. This feels like a DCEU movie because these. This is so. And I'm not the first person to have this thought that um, you- uh, D, the the MCU character, or the MCU, or even Marvel comics in general, is about humans trying to find ways to transcend humanity and become like gods. And the DC, I'm only um, human. And, and DC is about um, people who have godlike abilities who are trying to fit in and become more human. Um, you know, um, uh, that's kind. That's kind of the whole shticks for each of them. Um, and this feels like the latter, um, even though it is an MCU movie. Now, if this were in the DCEU, this would be a top tier DCEU movie. This would be, um, you know, I don't, I don't like it more than the Suicide Squad, but I like it pretty much more than most of the rest of the DCEU movies. Uh, but when you when you make it a, and, and honestly, it feels like it should have been a miniseries, um, especially with what they try to do and lots of other things. This should have been a miniseries. Mm. Um, I don't know that they would have got the budget to back it or whatever. And I, you know, I think they were really riding on the Chloe Zhao name, um, which she's doing some really fun things with the camera here, like, or some really beautiful things with the camera here. But um, you, she does kind of feel handcuffed um, with, uh, mm-hmm. with the Marvel formula and with the story that they're trying to tell and, you know, trying to condense it all into two hours and 30 some minutes. Um, it's um, it feels like it should be a mini series. Um, it really feels like it should be a DC miniseries, um, but since it's an MCU property, it's just kind of another run-of-the-mill stuff that has a lot of highlights and some things that really don't work well. Um, and um, yeah, if you want to read more of that, you can go to sifpop.com, read, read my review. Um, there's there's lots to like about it, and there's lots to not like about it. Um, but yeah, kind of, it's the first movie in a while that like, so most of the time I see these movies opening days, sometimes a couple times in the first couple weeks and then i'm really excited to watch them when they come home on home release and i'm still going to pick up the steelbook of this because i'm a completionist at this point but i really don't know when i'll get around to watching this movie again um it honestly might be until 
the events of the Eternals um, take you know matter. So by the time Eternals two comes around, unless they do um, something with you know like Galactus in in the future before Eternals two, I don't know. Um, and kind of minor spoiler um, before Blade. So well, they already announced Blade, so not really a spoiler. No, they didn't announce Blade, but there is a connection to Blade. Oh. So, um, but it's very, very minor. Um, mm. And there's a couple other cameo connections that there can be made, but I, th- I think it's more so teasing for a Eternals two um, than it is, uh, you know, anything else. So, anyway, I'm not really excited to revisit this one, but um, I still liked it. So, um, uh, Richard Madden's really good in it, by the way. Rob Stark from Game of Thrones. He's really good. Uh, and Frank, you're going to have to talk a little bit about Hawkeye without spoiling it for me because I haven't seen any of the episodes yet. Um, oh. I'm hoping to watch a couple t- so I can talk about them uh, for next week's episode with uh, TV. So, But I, I just haven't seen any of them yet. And it, it's it's crushing me uh, oh. a little bit inside because I hear great things. And when the trailer came out, this, like I said, this looks like a Shane Black property. And I love me some Shane Black. I love it. Yeah? I... Ever since I saw the artwork and I knew they were going after the Matt Fraction run, I love it. The first two episodes are a little bit of I think all the all every MCU TV show so far, the first two episodes is kind of a slow burn to build it up. And the third episode that just aired really kicks the fun up. Yeah, so there's only been three that have come out by the time we're recording this, right? Yep. But it comes out on Wednesday, so there will be a fourth one when this launches, right? Yeah. But the third episode is really fun. Even the second one was fun. Like I love that little moment you see in the trailer when they throw the Molotov through the window and Clint just catches it, throws it right back. But yeah, the show has really picked up a lot of fun energy, a lot of good camera work. I am very excited to see where it goes. And I hear that uh, Jeremy Renner is great, and I hear that Haley Steinfeld's great. Yep. all that. Uh, I'm just sad. It's only uh, it's only six episodes, so it's already halfway out. <laughs> hey, I I feel like they made a Hawkeye movie and are just chopping it up. I mean, that's yeah, that's probably accurate. Although each, uh, I think the first episode was um, like 43 minutes, but that's with credits on D plus, so it's probably like yeah, 30, it's probably 30. This credits are insanely long, right? Well, because they do all the languages, uh, and since the MCU has that opening banner in front of every episode, which is. <laughs> They gotta cut. They gotta cut that out, or at least give me a skip intro button. Um, <laughs> it's fine if you want to put it in front of all the movies, but when you have every episode of TV, you know, maybe if it was just of the, you know, first the season premieres. Um, I'm really glad to hear that lots of people are liking it. Um, I don't know that I know anybody that hates it, but um, I know lots of people that are having a really good time with this. So that 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 encourages. Um, that seems that seems cool. Um. Well, that seems like a good place to kind of, you know, it's still going. We don't really want to spoil anything for anybody, yeah. especially for me. So um, some general thoughts that will continue to evolve. Um, like I said, we'll make sure we get Joe's opinions on everything uh, coming out, um, you know, whether it's a bonus episode or whether it's, um, you know, I just have him recap the next time he's on uh, just a little bit. Um, but well, let's move on to the B plot. So, um Frank, I, I have this question down here. What are some realistic Marvel properties? Maybe it's a storyline. Maybe it's a character. Maybe it's a group of characters um, that you hope to see in the MCU soon. Maybe let's say four or five. Also, we're going to exclude things that are already announced, such as Blade, Fantastic Four, 
Um, I don't think X-Men is officially announced, but if you're going to say X-Men, then say a specific character or a specific story arc. So, um, Frank, why don't you go ahead and kick us off? What is what is a Marvel something that you want to see in the MCU Phase 4 or 5? Howard the Duck. Okay. He was in What If? <laughs> I know, but that does. I want him to have his own thing. Okay. okay. Do you want no. him to have the movie that you're writing of him in a road trip with Scott Lang? Because <laughs> I, I want that to happen. I, it's actually evolved quite a bit, and I am constantly pitching Simser Howard <laughs> stuff. And nice. yeah, I I really want Howard the Duck. Can't have Scott Lang. He's busy with the quantum. Whatever. Yeah. But yeah, um, another thing that I have always wanted to write myself, I've already mapped out a trilogy. So if Marvel is listening, let me make ROM. That's all I want to do is make a ROM trilogy. I'm totally unfamiliar. You say ROM and I think like the, the Gears of War 1 villain, General ROM. That's ROM is from another planet. He gave his soul to be put in a robot body to fight an army and they take over his planet and Rom ends up on earth. And there are these creatures that he's trying to hunt down that are aliens, but they can disguise themselves as humans. So this sounds like a pretty serious Modoc. Yeah. So Rom is going around killing this infest infestation of aliens that have taken that are, on Earth, but to everyone else on Earth, this just looks like an alien robot going around killing people. And at one point in the comics, the President of the United States is one of these aliens, and he has to kill him. And all right, so Marvel sponsor Frank's ROM trilogy, and Tenkori sponsor this podcast. Send me some shit. <laughs> thing about ROM, we're never gonna see it because ROM was I'll say never when we got what if. Hold on, though. Rom was created by Parker Brothers. Okay. They went to just make a figure to sell, and then Parker Brothers licensed Marvel to make a comic book all around this figure. So the rights are up in the air. So yeah, Rom and Howard the Duck. Okay. Um, I really only have one um, If that really I care about, and, that, and I've said it before, uh, Nova, Nova specifically, not Nova Corps, Nova. Um, I think it's per a perfect opportunity to in introduce him into the MCU now, um, and would be a great companion piece to to you know depending on where Spider Man ends up after No Way Home, um, you know um, that'd be great. Um, Does Nova have anything to do with the Nova Corps? So Nova is a Nova Corps member, but they all um, got wiped out. But then he gets uh, he gets some abilities. Um, mm. Um, for the life, for the life of me, I can't remember if he inherits them or if he, um, like already had them, but, um, well, so that's why I think it makes perfect sense to introduce it now because there's a line in infinity war that essentially says that Thanos destroyed Xandar, um, which is the planet from guardians of the galaxy that Nova Corps was on, was based in. Um, and so since Zan since, um, Thanos destroyed it by hand, um and actually destroyed most of it like nova could be like the one survivor of the nova core i think that would be a really great way um to introduce nova in a in a perfect for the timeline situation right now so 
Um, would love to see that. Uh, honestly, most of my experience with Nova is in the Marvel versus Capcom games, so I don't know too much of his background. Um, but he was also in the, um, I think it was Spectacular Spider-Man, where he was him and Luke Cage, who was Power Man, and uh, like they were like auditioning to be Shield members. I think I think that was Spectacular Spider-Man. So um, that's honestly most of my experience with the with the character, but. Um, I've definitely seen some really cool images from some different comics and heard about some different storylines. I think Nova it would be a great introduction. Um, and I'll go ahead and throw out, um, this is kind of a cheat. Um, we also recently heard Kevin Feige officially saying that um, if Daredevil is in the MCU, that Charlie Cox is playing him. Um, so like, so he's, I, I just want that for Jessica Jones and for Luke Cage as well. I want those two shows to be canonized. And I want more jessica jones specifically um well, i would she... i would like more juke uh luke cage as well but i really love jessica jones i would love them more well if charlie cox gets you know in the canon you well, have to because of defenders so i mean unless you say that they were pulled from a different universe but oh, i think true. i think you're right i think that um you know that that stuff becomes canon again the netflix shows become canon again but i'm saying like I want more Jessica Jones and I want more Luke Cage. Um, I want continuations of those shows or something. I want more of those characters. Honestly, make a good Defender show, um, you know, and and just bring that back um, on Disney Plus or whatever. I I just want more Jessica Jones specifically, but I would also love some more um, Mike Coulter as Luke Cage. Um, so, and I love where Daredevil season three ended. I would love for them to pick up that. Um, honestly, that season finale was. I think Daredevil season three was my favorite season of all of those Netflix Marvel shows. Um, would love for them to continue um, that storyline uh, and kind of where they were taking that. I I think I think that uh, I mean I'm not again not the first person to think this, but Netflix really screwed them over. Um, you know, um, and I gosh, it's such a shame because all that stuff is so. Um, I love Jessica Jones the first season so much, but in in season two and three were were good but they were not anywhere near the levels and daredevil got consistently better. Uh, and the Punisher seasons were okay. Um, I'd like him back, but I don't, I don't, I'm not going to cry if we don't get more. So, um, so yeah, really. So it's, I want Nova and then I want Jessica Jones and Luke Cage as well. Um, all right, Frank time for the spinoff. All right, Frank, what's that one thing in any area of pop culture that you're really excited to tell people that they should either check out or they should avoid? <sighs> I I'm cheating if I say Hawkeye, aren't I? <laughs> like I mean, not really, but yeah. this is an opportunity uh, to say something different. But Star Trek Lower Decks. There you go, Star Trek Lower Decks. You're 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 saying check it out. Check it out. Obviously. Season two finished a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Lower Decks people. Talk I'll get to around me about to it. it. I'll get around to season two at some point. I thought season one was fine. Nothing I loved, but enough that I'll check out a season two of. I mean, it's like ten episodes. I know. I'll check it out. Busy person. Leave me alone. <laughs> Busy person, yet we play Call of Duty all the time. <laughs> Every night for a couple hours. Um, anyway. Uh, we're going to talk about this. Uh, Frank, uh, last night, Abby and I popped in Escape Room Tournament of Champions. Um, have you seen this, or did you just do the research in what the I, difference between the theatrical and the extended cut? No, I watched it. Both of them? Yes. I watched the extended one first. Okay. So that oh, extended is going to be more. Okay. Well, I knew it had a different beginning and a different ending. Because I remember you tweeting about that. And yeah, 
So I just throw on the beginning. I'm like, okay. I'm like, wow, this beginning is really different. Okay, let me just skip forward to the end. I go, wow, this is really different. Let me back it up. And the final half hour is completely different. Yep. So I watched watched the extended cut. Um, I haven't seen the theatrical cut, but I read the differences. Um, Honestly, sounds like the theatrical cut is the worst version of this movie. Um, But yeah, I watched that theatrical ending and I went, this is just garbage. Like it was just, you could tell it was a rush reshoot. Okay. Um, they should have trusted the, the, to me, the extended is what probably was going to be the original. Theatrical. And, then, and then it didn't do well with test audiences. So they, yeah. Um, so I look as far, I'm not necessarily recommending or warning this one. Um, I think the first escape room movie is great. You should check that one out for sure. Um, and if you liked that one, then you, it'd be worth giving the second one a shot. Like I said, I watched the extended cut. Um, and maybe my expectations were just really low, but yeah, I, is it worth me going to watch the theatrical cut, Frank, or should I just, all you gotta do is just pop it on, watch the beginning until it's different. And then skip to the last half hour. But I mean, should I spend my time doing that? Or I think you should, just so you can kind of see what they did. But then after that, only ever watch the extended cut that is essentially the same runtime. It's just right. an alternate cut. Right. Yeah, alternate cut is a better yeah better version uh, or better way to word that. I look. I, I thought it was totally. I, I was on like the high side of okay, maybe low side. I liked it, so pro- kind of bordering there. Probably more in the okay. Um, there's a lot about the movie that works, and there's probably more that doesn't. Um, I mean, it's just a rehash of the first one. That was just a rehash of, like... The Saw movies. Not even the Saw movies, but, like, I would say... Was the it... Game. The one before Jigsaw. Saw 3D. Or, or no, no, maybe... No, Jigsaw. Yeah. Jigsaw. Where, because they, they had to go through all the different rooms together, because they were changed. Like, That's true. That was the original escape room, was that Jigsaw movie. <laughs> yeah. So I could fully recommend the first escape room movie. And if you have a good time, like a really good time, then you could do worse by checking out Escape Room 2. But it sounds like just check out the extended cut, since it sounds like it's the better version of the movie. Yeah. Uh, but it's not going to be, you know, this isn't like a difference between Justice League and Zack Snyder's Justice League. This isn't like, you know, the difference uh, between Kingdom of Heaven and Kingdom of Heaven director's cut. This is, this is, it's probably probably got an extra half of a star. It's more of like an Alien 3, Alien 3 director's cut. Okay. Yeah, that's, I haven't seen them, but that, from what I understand, that's probably a fair comparison. Um, So... Well, that, that'll do it. That's a wrap. Quick reminder, so Pop Riders Room is part of the Woo-hoo! Studio DNA Network. You can check out other great shows at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast feed. Uh, if you- Screw that. We're starting FNA. <laughs> Frank and Aaron? Yeah. Nice. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you're interested in writing for SifPop.com, uh, you can get, or you, or you want to get in contact with uh, me and the show, uh, maybe send, send me a question to explore in the B-plot. That'd be great. Uh, you can email me at writersroom at sifpop.com or you can DM the Sifpop Twitter or you can find me on Twitter or Letterboxd at Schweitkastle. Uh, please don't forget to leave a review on iTunes. Really appreciate that. Uh, but Frank, that's why you, people connect with me on the show. Where where do you want to send people to connect with you? They can connect to me on twitter.com slash frankkemp3. And as always, well, kidding. I, I am now moving over to loyal fans. I'm not <laughs> liking some of the only fans drama so you can find me on loyal fans oh, frank 
<laughs> Luckily, nobody ever listens to the end of podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, anyway, Frank's a great follow on Twitter. Um, his pin tweet has three million views, so yeah, that, make, that makes you a that makes you celebrity. Yep. Now I can turn that bitch into an NFT. Yeah, honestly, maybe makes you the most popular person and that follows me on Twitter. So, um, anyway, um, uh, next week um, is a TV catch up. I'll be talking with Alice. Um, I love having Alice on. She'll come back. We'll catch up on all the TV that she's been watching. And then uh, next month, actually, we won't be having a comic book episode because the Sip Pop writers will be giving their top five films of 2021. So second week next month, January 12th. Wait, we are? Yeah, I haven't told you guys yet. I mean, <laughs> you guys know it's coming because we did it last year. But instead of doing it the last week of December, um, we're doing it January 12th. Um, so more information to come on that soon. Um, to the writers, um, especially if you writer, if you other writers are listening, I promise we'll get some information out soon. Um, so, um, so there's that. Um, so next month, second week, you won't have a comic book. There's no comic book movies episode January. Um, we'll pick back up in February. Um, but there's that. Uh, Frank, thank you for joining me. Uh, thank you for making it work. Um, you know, from twelve thirty to two thirty a.m. your time. Three thirty. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, three thirty, twelve thirty, three thirty. Um, yeah, it's two thirty. Get some sleep. I need it. Um, but yeah, no, thanks for hanging out. Um, yeah, I appreciate you, Frank and Aaron in the morning. No, we got. We can't just rip off everybody. Send your send your ideas for Frank and Aaron for Frank and Aaron's uh, new Aaron podcast or podcast network or whatever. Send those <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, all right, we'll catch you guys next time.